Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast about upcycling. It's Reclaimed Audio with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. So thank you guys for listening to Reclaimed Audio. I'm your host, Rory, here with Tim Sway. Hey, how's it going? And Mr. Phil Pinsky. Hey, how are you, Roy? Living the dream. Yeah. How are you? I I also am living the dream. This uh, what a terrific introduction. I, I thank three you for, uh... am living the dream. Yeah, well, I must be just <laughs> dreaming because apparently it's pick on Bill Day. Uh, uh, getting a little feedback there. Here's... <laughs> anyway, let's just plow on through, ignoring that feedback. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. I am. You know what? I'm the youngest of seven. I am so used to being ignored and being plowed over. Go for it. I just. I'll you be know, in the I background. think that's why this podcast works. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we just fall into our natural roles, you know? Although I am the oldest. How does that work out? Well, math, I guess. So, Rory, if I remember rightly, you're young 30s. You're a Xenial as well. Is that correct? Sure. 35. 35. Okay, Phil. So young 30s. What? I'm 37. 37. Okay, so two Xenials. Tim, you're kind of like a... I'm not I'm sure how to age 172. Yeah, it's hard in to dog age years. you. Something like that. Yeah. It's because you've just gotten better looking with age, I guess. I yeah. can't help it. I just, it's my yeah. in my genes. You're like a fine grape juice. Yeah, something okay, like let that. Me do, uh, let me do the intro here and then we'll get, and get then, a move on. Yeah. So uh, this is Reclaimed Audio and this is episode 85 for June 21st, 2017. Uh, our top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Trustin Timber, Sean Petty, Scott Turner, Randall Denver, Greg Mead, Jim Rumsey, Josh, short for Joshua Luther. That's what he prefers to be called, by the way. Josh. Uh, Josh, yeah. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Why did you uh, sign why'd you sign up as Joshua on Patreon then? Tim. It's now's his legal not the time. Patreon name. Now's okay. not the time, Tim. All right, sorry, I'm, I don't want to interrupt. Chad Grossclaws. Very right good, right. Phil. Yeah, listen. I mean it's a silent G. Uh Shane Bronson. You know, I just have to take a quick second to mention what an incredible list that is. I mean, yeah. that's that's like that's the shout out level, but we have so many more Patreon supporters just at all levels and it's an incredible thing to see and really a, a humbling humbling uh, well, I, thing I to be think, a part of. I think Rory can attest to the fact that it happens because of our professionalism, the way we're able to just get up and going, we're spot on, there are never any issues. I mean, how else would yes. we not have that many people? The, that yeah, and, the, yeah. the presentation and the content just speaks yes. for itself. Yeah. And the Volumes. punctuality. Yeah, yeah. punctuality. <laughs> Poise counts. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, well, we, as everyone uh, probably heard, that's Rory uh, May, who is a guest on this, a.k.a. the Dirty Smith. Although, I have to be honest with you, it seems like a little bit of false advertising. I was expecting like this dirty, gross dude, and you seem to be fairly well-kempt, so... So I don't know if you want to. <laughs> oh, see, because I was looking for a porn site. Never mind. It was... <laughs> anyway, that was shocking. But um, let's do this. <laughs> let's nice. do this. We're gonna we're gonna continue going around. Uh, you know, doing what's on the bench, and uh, you know, as everyone knows, when we have guests on the show, it is not to be uh, an interview, but rather uh, an inclusion in the conversation and to get your take on this week's topic. So we're not there yet. 
I don't know why I gave that introduction then and there, but either way, let's uh, let's go around the the old uh, the old Skype room here and talk about what we're working on. And uh, the man of the hour, Mister uh, Mister May, please go first. Well, I am wrapping up a railing that I am wrapping up. It's a little redundant. As in <laughs> shipping, or almost done with the project? Almost done with the project. Okay, but am working with a client who is interested in some fireplace stores that has a Lord of the Rings theme. Sick. Hmm. And this gentleman... You know what, let me just interrupt you for a quick second. I normally never do this, but I, I think it bears... Uh, it's probably good for the listeners. I, I mean, we know who you are, but maybe maybe give a brief introduction about who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah. why you're so famous. Just in case there's a couple yeah. people that live in a cave and right. don't actually Because the five people that listen to our podcast have never heard of you before. And three of them live in caves, so... I'm not, I'm not well, calling out names. We're huge poor, amongst cave dwellers. <laughs> poor Joshua. <laughs> Is he one of the three? I'm, I'm not naming names. Okay. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> His initials are Sex Panther. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, tell, so please tell us, tell us who you are, what you do. All right, so my name's Rory. 35 years old. I am a professional blacksmith that work in the family business alongside my father called Dragonforge. And we do high-end architectural ironwork in the form of railings, chandeliers, fireplace stores, some furniture, some tables, a little bit of uh, lighting like wall sconces and whatnot. And we get contacted to create these one-of-a-kind hand-forged ironworks. And we do work across the nation and have been on TV. And, uh, yeah, we have a strong focus of forging metal at the anvil. And a lot like how woodworkers use traditional joinery, we do the same thing with metal. We do mortise and tenons, but in the way of techniques of slitting and drifting a hole or punching a hole or forging a tenon on the end of the bar and riveting everything together. We really try to not rely on welding so much, but a lot of the jobs determine the budget, and inside that budget determine the time, and inside that determine the technique. So Mm. if something needs to be turned around quickly, uh, we will rely on fabrication techniques. Meanwhile, if we have a client who's looking for something that's very traditionally done, we can rely on those those uh, techniques that have been around for a few hundred years, thousand years. And um, also, you are known as the Dirty Smith on your YouTube channel, am I correct? Correct. I, I started a second personality on, on Instagram, kind of on accident, and was looking for other metal workers, and during my journey of trying to find them was gathering an audience because of the work that we were doing and to find out that I had a small niche in the area of, of the metalworking and then from there started the YouTube channel and then using my art degree background started designing and selling some swag and five years later have a very small side business personality where I demonstrate some techniques for those who are interested in learning how to forge. I, uh, really I noticed cool. um also, you started uh, introducing your wife into a couple of your videos. Yes, my my wife recently, Amanda, has been getting involved in the production of it, which is also nice because filming the stuff by yourself is a challenge. Let alone if 
it's out of focus or the camera decides to turn mm-hmm. off. So having her input and looking through the lens and saying, no, that's not going to work. We need to change this has helped the quality of the production quite a bit. That's awesome. The, the last you, thing I, I would say, I, I, I'm sorry, Phil. I, I'm, no, we'll like finish I'm, your interview. It's okay. I was, well, it's just, I just wanted to make sure because I, the last thing I saw you post was um, uh, the metal grass. Yeah. Uh, different. And I just think that's really super cool. It looked awesome. But then I started thinking, you're from Colorado. Certain things are legal there. And now you're making grass. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Never mind. That was my funny. That was my funny for the day. You guys go ahead. Continue. Okay. For the day? Yeah. Come on. He's going to try. Come on, Bill. Come on. Making some devil's lettuce. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> skipping right past that very quickly. Uh, okay. So now, now that we have a brief introduction about who you are and, and you know what you're doing, and I find it very interesting that you started on Instagram first and then launched a YouTube channel. It usually is the inverse. So what a what a, a compelling story there. Um, why don't you tell us now what you're working on the banister and the and the uh, and the uh, fireplace store, right? Yeah. So right now I'm wrapping up a a local job where we're doing a railing and. Uh, finishing the detailing and the painting and getting probably ready to install in July. But I also have another client who's interested in a fireplace store with a Lord of the Rings theme. If you remember in the movie, or if you happen to read the books as well, where everyone approaches the doors of Durin and then the moonlight comes out and you can see the outline and the characters, he wants that as a fireplace store and he's getting uh, the stone wall installed inside of his house and we're going to, pop those in there even wow. going as far as can i have the characters glow in the glass which is so, throwing a, hmm. a whole new wrench into the production of it so outside of the metalwork i've been researching and talking to guys who do glass work and about illuminating patterns and characters of whatnot so that we can accomplish what he has in mind wow hmm. fiberglass like fiberglass like spun glass you know the way you do they do fiber optics that's what i would recommend for that i well, mean i'm, I'm not just thinking because because of the blacksmithing i would think is it possible to do it to where it's it's where the letters are is a whole lot thinner metal and they would actually glow from the fire behind it but i guess not huh? well some of it is talking to him about how how does he want these letters presented? While the fire is on, chances are we're not going to be able to illuminate these characters because of the light radiating from the fire. But talking to some of these glass guys, this one gentleman uh, sandblasted the or etched the characters, the design into glass, and he had some bright LEDs running underneath it. Mm-hmm. And that, that really yeah. lit Just up so. the scene as well. But I got to think about the heat from the fire so it doesn't ruin the electronics or the lighting. And if it does, that they can be able to pop out the door easily to replace it and work on it if they have to. There's there's a lot more engineering going on now that we have some visual entertainment that's not based off of my metalwork. Wow. Can you just buy Maybe one of those fake, fake by, uh, fireplace inserts to put in there so yeah. there's never any real fire? The low heat. You and just concentrate on the letters? That's, that's what I'm screen. waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. Is I, I told him when you get the, the f- when you get the firebox inside, I want to see I want to see the box and I want to see where where you're going to put it and how is it going to be mounted. And uh, also when the mason shows up, I want to be there as well to be able to put in any sub mounts. That way, when the void is there, I can just come in, pop it in, quick install, and I'm out of there. Mm, I nice. don't. Have to be well, you know, I'm 
you know, you, I'm assuming that based on the job itself, that the, the these people are not relying on this this fireplace as their primary source of heat. I'm sure they have a budget to actually turn the thermostat up in the winter. So you could pr- maybe even just extend if you just gave it a little extra distance between the firebox and the electronics. Because you know, you know what it is when you're next to a fire. It's like it's a thousand degrees, and then it's like five hundred degrees, and then it's like cold. Sure, you know. Sure. Well, so and I was thinking that about spot, that. And if it kind of similar to like putting the cover lens on a camera and when that bright light, you might get some reflection going on of one mm. lens off of the other. So I need to do some experimenting if the illumination of the characters is going to reflect on the glass behind it and have a double image going on. What about a projection camera in the ceiling on the other side of the room? So it's just a projection that comes down. That's that's a great idea. I'm going to write that one down too. <laughs> write that down. So that way you could actually have a. They could actually have the movie playing on the damn thing if they wanted to. <laughs> I, actually, it's not. Uh, it's not such a crazy idea. You you'd have a projector. Help me, Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'd want on mine. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so now that we are expert uh, glass installers and we're giving Rory advice. L- and uh, LED experts and blacksmiths, we know what to do your business. Correct. Well, you know Phil, what? what I, Phil, I want, no, I want to point out real quick before we, we move on, because I'm going to throw a wrench in the works now, is that. Let's uh, do that. You know, it's, it's one thing, you know, Rory, Rory does what he does, and, and so it's, it sounds very like, oh, yeah, you know, I make stuff out of metal and I bang it and it, then it's there and stuff. But you really have to see this because what, Im- what impresses me besides all of the everything that impresses me about blacksmithing and I don't know anything about it. What impresses me is the, the perfection of the repetition when you're doing this stuff by hand, because there's not really a jig. You know, I mean, obviously you're, you're holding it up to templates and whatnot as you're working, but you're making like you, you make these railings and houses that are like a hundred feet long. And there's like a, you know, 500 pieces of, of steel in them or more and stuff. And they're all hand forged and they're, you can't tell. Like They look like they're made by a machine. And that's what excites me about the type of work that you're doing is that craftsmanship and seeing. People are always like, oh, you know, you, I get that because I have CNCs. People are like, yeah, you know, I don't have a CNC, so I can't make that. It's like, oh, yeah, go watch the Dirty Smith. You can make anything without a CNC. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, if, it, and that, that old world craftsmanship, it's really exciting to see. So I just want to well, make sure everybody it, understood that. And also that you bring up a good point about that because if, if they see a product like you're talking about a railing and we have – 40 feet of a repetition going on some people assume that oh a machine made that and we just fabricated it together and what i've found recently is that i've started making the the build videos the make videos for a project and then sharing that with the client afterwards and i've done four with the clients so far every single client has just said wow I had like, no i'm not idea. paying you enough you know i had like, no idea that's yeah. what you were doing to yeah. my railing the whole time that that sounds bad but uh, really, another <laughs> level of appreciation. It's wrought iron. What could you possibly be doing to it, Rory? <laughs> Just holes and putting things in holes. And... Yeah. Rated rated G. That's what we are on iTunes yeah. right now. Let's keep it that way. Buddy. <laughs> we were until the Dirty Smith got here. That's right. Actually, shame on us. We should have known. <laughs> but that's an interesting segue that I'm going to release and not capitalize uh, on. You know, for our. Our podcast, but uh, let's see, Bill. What do you? What's on your bench? Well, I mean, I was more excited to hear you talk because you just—I mean, you're like a master metal guy now with what you did. <laughs> you're to, yeah, yeah, you're here. So, to te- you're here to teach Rory a few things now. Yeah. Well, he works in iron. I'm really more in steel. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a carbon, there's, brother. Yeah, there's parallels, and I'm really more of an alloy guy. So. <laughs> so all right, fine. I'll go. <laughs> Um, 
so I, I just uh, put out a video last week, and uh, it's me fabricating a part for my table saw. So, gripe rant time. You know, when you buy tools off Craigslist and you think that you're getting a good deal, which I did, I'm just I'm not saying I didn't, but you have to be conscious of the fact that you are not going to get the same support as if you buy a brand new tool. Because they discontinue these tools, and then guess what? Eventually, they discontinue the replacement parts for them, too. Mm-hmm. So I snapped a little cast iron bracket, because it was cheaply made, and uh, and Bastard. you just can't get one. You just they don't they don't make them anymore. They're just like they have them on the internet. That you just can't order them because they're all discontinued, which kind of seems silly to me. But uh, anyway, so I figured, you know what? I, I don't have a choice. I've been running this thing without a lift mechanism for probably about uh, six months now, and it's kind of annoying because I have to get in there and <laughs> manually turn a gear. So every time I'm going to cut something, I'm thinking like. I really need to cut it. Can I do it in two passes, maybe? Because I don't want to lift it that high. So you know what? Enough's enough. And uh, and I had to do another project, which I'll talk about in a second. So I I went ahead and I got some plate steel from a buddy of mine. It's just mild steel, but I fabricated it. And you can check out the video. And it's hideous, but it works amazingly well. And the table saw is like brand new. I put on a new timing belt, and it's a pleasure to use now. So that one was that one was fun. And uh, and this weekend I did. Really, my first, is it my first? Let's say my first, like, real cabinet work. I did um, I did custom closets for my daughter's uh, new room. So she's got, like, a little walk-in closet. And I bought, like, a ton of melamine. And, and I designed and built her own custom closets with all these, like, modular shelves and hangers and hanging things. And I don't know. I'll post some pictures later. But it was, uh, it was the first time my wife ever said to me, wow. You're really good. This is this is professional. Like I would pay someone for this. And I was like, "Oh, that's almost a compliment." <laughs> and she's 9 months pregnant. She had that and, much energy to to give you a compliment. That makes it right. like twice and as powerful. She has even less patience for me than usual. But actually yeah. what she said was she's cuz it was going to be probably about 16 or 1700 dollars to do one of these closets like for Easy. my daughter. Yeah. So, I did it in 300 and she says, you know what, for $300, I would gamble, you know, if you did a good enough job, okay, whatever, otherwise we'd pay somebody to do it properly. <laughs> but she's like... I think oh. she owes your workshop $1,500 worth of tools, or, or whatever That's... the $1,100 worth of tools, you know. Well, let me let me let you in on a little secret. Uh, I've taken an advance on that <laughs> <laughs> that she's currently unaware of. But uh, She doesn't listen to the podcast, right? Not anymore, no. Not yeah, after okay. not after the glory that was our first episode. <laughs> but all to say, uh, she loves it. She's going to keep it. And she started, like, recommending me to all of her friends. And I'm like, no, this is not what I want to be doing. This was hard. This was really hard. Never mind the fact that, uh, it turns out, walls are never straight. Nope. <laughs> They're not even, like, if you think you walked into a closet that's probably a perfect square... Brand it's new. definitely not. Could have been made yesterday. Like, they just finished, the, the spackle's still wet. Yeah. It's not square. It's, I don't know, how do these people get away with this? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's just that the, if you think about it, when you're a machinist and you're working in thousands, you have that, the tenth of thousandth is your, is your error space, right. right? When you're working and building 30 feet house, like it's a 30 foot inches. house. You got eight it's, feet, yeah, yeah, it's two inches, you know, I mean, easy. So, you know, it's, it's like, if you take your, your, your triangle, your square, you know, yeah. like, like I've I've heard I, I know guys that don't trust those things. Like this thing isn't square because they use it the frame. They're taking one two by four that looks like this, and they're sticking against another two by four that looks like this, and then they're putting them together, and now it's not square anymore. You know, they're Tim's just making the wavy. 
I was making wavy arm symbols for those who aren't watching. Just for those who don't know, and they've probably seen Jimmy Duresta's, if it looks straight, it is straight. Exactly. It's in reference to a build and install that he had to do with the same exact issue. Okay. Where, yeah, so balls aren't straight. I remember installing, uh, I had to install a, 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 a nook it was in a uh this like giant apartment complex thing that was built and they wanted a coffee bar in like the lobby and so it was they had a, a alcove cut into the wall so there's you know sheetrock on three sides and and then the table would fit right in and i had two steel legs a back brace that would hold this you know reclaimed wood top on it and i uh, i get the measurements i measured it myself and i measured it in like seven different spots you know to make sure because i knew like i've done enough of these types of things i knew that these walls weren't straight and it was yeah. even though the building was still under construction, I was like, ah, it's settled, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so I measured it, measured it, measured it. I cut this table, I mean, like to the millimeter, like as accurately as I could do it with the, you know, the tools that I had. I cut this thing, I'm like, this is going to fit perfect. And I went in and I still had the crushed sheet rock to get the damn thing in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, telling, I'm telling the maintenance guy, because like I'm there, I don't even, I don't have insurance or anything like that. I don't have a, you know, I'm like not licensed to do this stuff. Lace insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like, so I told, I, so I told the maintenance, I told him, I was like, well, the maintenance guy is going to, to install it and I'm going to assist him and they're like okay which meant that the maintenance guy sat there and checked his phone while i installed it so i get i'm just at that point i'm like tell the maintenance guy i'm like i'm like i'm about to bust this sheetrock up and they're gonna have to come fix it you okay with that he's like yeah oh yeah i did it don't worry i'm like all right okay i feel like Speaking i feel like of, we're glossing over something no no we're glossing over something real quick i was trying to get you to talk about the new tool that you got to use when you fabricated your piece of metal oh i bought an angle grinder and the some first time in his life. It's the first time. Yeah. It was so let me make a couple of quick observations about metalwork. I thought that like woodworking was dusty and dirty and whatever. Yeah, that's not true. Okay. Working with metal is way dirtier. Like I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna clamp this to my Rubo bench and I'm gonna start grinding on it. And I'm like and now I'm looking at it, the thing is like charcoal gray. I have I'm for sure gonna have to take a belt grinder to it. I mean uh Belt sander to it. It mm. is. It is gross. The whole shop. I had shavings in my nose. It's... Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> why guys like Bill and I. That's why guys like Bill and I don't understand the Rubo bench. Like the, that's why we just were like, why you just put a piece of plywood down? Like why, yeah. why do you want to put all that work into a bench? You know. Well, anyway, I don't know how much metaling metal work I'm going to be doing, but all to say, mad respect to the guys that do because this is a difficult, dirty, tough trade, and even and, a tough and, hobby. And your guest host uh, name on YouTube is what again? A guest host on YouTube? Uh, the mean? podcast he meant. Oh, Dirty Smith. That- yeah, no, I know. I figured that Dirty out. Dirty Smith. See, yeah. it's because it's dirty work. It's hard, manly work, unless you're not a man and you're a woman. But he's and I different. Know some he's- women blacksmiths, but it's dirty work. This this dude's forging, man. I mean, it's he's and he's working with iron coming out of a forge. That oh, so that's in there with clean? a zip disc, you know? That's huh? clean. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's way dirtier. I'm saying oh, okay. more respect. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you were saying, but yeah, well, look what he's doing. But I yeah. had an angle. <laughs> I had an angle grinder for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I Just eight, forty dollars into this. Yeah. Took the guard wait, off. Wait until <laughs> wait until you put a flap disc on there. That yeah, is gonna no, you're, you're gonna be amazed. It's amazing how you can make metal go away with a flap disc on an angle grinder. I, I, yeah. I am. I'm hooked. I think I'm moving on to some. We'll see what what happens. I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh yeah, the seven inch one with like you. the handlebars oh, yeah. and you kickstart it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, you got three wheels, so it doesn't tip over. But <laughs> I'm gonna dissuade you from the flap disc and instead advise getting the grinding pads with the plastic back because yeah. they're cheaper and the flap discs are so much more expensive and I wear them out. Okay, you I'm wear them out because you're I'm using them improperly. Yeah, right, here it is. <laughs> oh, here comes the gauntlet. 
That's right. Being thrown. Um, get a flat disc and play with that first. You have to be a little bit more precision when you're using those. It's, it's a plastic thing that fits over it, and you put a piece of sandpaper on it. Yeah. And now you have an angle grinder. You will tear up the sh- – get used to your angle grinder first. Then okay. get a flap disc because you can kind of manhandle that. Then you can get the other kind of sanding disc on it. You can use that for all kinds of you stuff. You know, that's a, good, that's a good point, actually. The flap disc is a good place to to begin with that. But then after you spend like 30 40 bucks on them, you're going to be like, I don't want to buy these anymore. Do you guys – to... Roy, you remember this. Do you remember that toy? It, it worked – it rolled around, and then you went like this, and it rolled over the yeah, top. Yeah, you went yeah, like yeah. this, and it rolled that. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I that centrifugal that. force of the angle grinder is still there. So even when you take your angle grinder out, you're, you've got a lot of – motion yeah and rpms going going, yeah you know so <laughs> that's why i say you got to get used to it. that's a powerful tool yeah I, 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 I talk like you know radial arm saws don't scare me and I'll, I'll light a cigarette with like a gasoline fuel pump but angle grinders can be very dangerous yeah that's, that's one I, I do pay attention I, to right there I busted yeah. my oh, knuckle yeah. in it i can oh. see my tendons when i got cut right there it snapped in yeah. my hand and rolled yeah. and oh come on Put that away. That was a seven inch, though, right? <laughs> Nobody needs to see that. Sorry. All right, for the audience, he's showing us his finger. Yeah. His finger. Okay, segueing from my metal work to Bill's metal work, your video was awesome. I watched the whole oh. thing, and uh, I have to say, your videos are getting amazing. You know, like, I, I loved what you did in this one the jig with the circle cutting, and then how you filled the hole with the weld. I, I thought it was terrific, and maybe because I'm more in tune to metal right now, I was able to appreciate more of it. But From thought, one master to the other. Thank That's you, right. my brother. Thank That's you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was terrific. I, I mean, you totally restored this thing. It was basically scrap at this point, and then you turned it back into uh, an amazing piece of wrought iron and steel. Wow, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I, I, I fixed the plant stand, um, and because uh, Sir May is on the show – the only blacksmithing I've ever done, I don't even think it's called blacksmithing, but I did get metal hot once, and to make a decorative bent piece of metal, I smashed the end and then made a tip, which is basically why I love their plant stand that they have, because that's all it is. It's a curly Q piece of uh, rod and a metal disc on top and the bottom, and uh, was my in-laws wanted it. So, yeah, that's what I did. And now I'm off to uh, – I've already gathered product. i got to make my wife a desk and a table and a side table, and there's something else now. The list has grown. Every time I put it off to make something else, she's like, okay, but now I need this. So – <laughs> I regret. Uh, I regret, you know, uh, showing that I could do anything half competent because now all of a sudden there's a huge list, and she's like, "And now we're going to do the basement, and you know what we could do? We could do our closet." And I'm like, "Oh, this is like the time at work I said I knew something about computers, and that became half my job." <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I was living in marriage bliss because my wife thought I was the dumbass until she opened up her beauty salon and I built all the furniture for her. Then it's yeah. like the doors are open. I know. I actually Pandora's have a brain. Box. Oh man! Hey, could you could you um do that thing with the thing and then you know and then it'll save a lot of money. Well, yeah, see, but it'll cost me four weekends of my life. That's when you pull the artist card on you and you say, "Hey, don't pressure me. I have to interpret this in my own way." Don't yeah, pressure me. I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, wow, we are twenty minute twenty eight minutes in. Let's uh, let's roll on to uh, the topic. You don't want to. You want to know what I'm working on? Who are you? 
I'm getting a little feedback here. What's... <laughs> we, we, can skip me, we can skip me to get on. I'll just say really quick. No, no, no. Be, stop. I'm, sorry. I'm serious. Go ahead. Do your thing. Well, I'm working on a million things. I wanted to say really quickly to go back to the ankle grinder thing. One of the things I'm working on, and it wasn't even what I was going to mention, was um, uh, I was just making a video. Uh, I, you might have seen on Instagram. I put some pictures out of this bass guitar I made, and I used an ankle grinder with this woodcutting tool. Which, which I by guess... the way, is oh. beautiful. Seriously, that came out beautiful. Oh, thanks. But so I was just in the process, like, I, basically this company from Belarus mailed me this, and I think you're getting one too, Phil, right? Yeah, uh, I gotta get ma- back to Svetlana. <laughs> yeah, she, she she mailed me this 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 ridiculous three-tooth blade for my angle grinder. And I was like, well, what the hell? That's my favorite tool. I'll take one, you know, I'll give it a whirl. And Because uh, it is my favorite tool. And um, so I... I did a demo, like I built this, but first I did a demo with it and I pulled out all my other wood carving, like power carving attachments that I have for my angle grinder, including like a mini chainsaw blade that you can buy for that. And, Excalibur? Um, yeah. Lancelot. 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 Yeah. Lancelot. I and knew I, it was a, something some there. Carhide burrs and the flap disc. And I brought all this. So, so I have a video that's going to be coming out in a few weeks, not right away because I'm kind of backlogged. And just talking about all this stuff, about the things you can do with the angle grinder. I, I've actually just filmed it last week, and uh, ironically, and it is a dangerous tool, but it is like a super fun tool too. I just I love it because it's like you feel like a like a sculptor, you know, like you're like like it's like a paintbrush, you know, that can that can take your knuckles off. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve thousand RPM. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, but um, it's it's an interesting tool, and I'll tell you what, like safety up when you put this blade on. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's a reminder, like of you know, the reminder of that, the power behind that tool, and it's uh, it's interesting. But so, so I just not wanted... for kids or well, no, with supervision. Guy. Yeah, well, with I mean, supervision. Yeah, I'm supervising right now. Go ahead, son. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but so there's that, and then the other thing I wanted to mention real quick is this is this this, this project that I've had in my head for like a year. And I, and I'm, I finally am starting on it is, um, I, I have those trikes, the, the shop trike. And, uh, and then I have the other trike that has that two stroke gas power motor on it. Well, we, we, gotta, let's make sure that it's tricycle. People understand we're talking about tricycles, not like a, a Harley trike. It's a tricycle. Right? Okay. It's a, it's a bicycle with three wheels. It's not like a Can-Am. I'm not that cool. <laughs> Cannons are not cool. cool. No, they're not cool. But or there's that little car thing that has three wheels, but it's not that either. It's oh, a that's tricycle. The, uh, that's the T Rex. That is sweet. It just looks like a backwards Can Am, really. But uh, it's different. That thing's no, awesome. it's the same as a Can Am. No they're way. Really One's a way. Skidoo with wheels, and the other one is this loaded to the ground two seater roadster. It's, come on. How do we ever it? get to our topic? You know what? We, Maybe you, if you this, stopped this arguing with me, we would. We we had somebody who guest. You're not you're not doing gonna, good in front of the guest. I was going to say we had somebody that gave us some advice uh, that's been in the business of radio forever. And the one thing they said was, and they let the they, guest talk. I remember. Yeah. Sorry. It's like, <laughs> it's like you have a guest on, and we've not heard him at all. So. Because we're too busy fighting, like 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 a married couple. Up it's here, like, like a reality a TV show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Will said this, and then Phil said that, and Tim said this, and <laughs> this is great. You guys, what I All really right. like yeah. about your guys' sound and everything, you guys are you have so much charisma and flow between the three. It's just it's it's poetic. It's beautiful. Even if it's a little bit bickering, it's it's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> You just said what all six of our listeners have told us privately. <laughs> they did mention that. That half a football team did say that. Without all the handsiness. Yeah. Okay. okay, so to wrap it up real quick, uh, my, my, I, I've had this vision of creating a 
a, a, a maker trike. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I know. Uh, off an off grid maker trike is the long. So I, I got this company called ebikekit.com to mail me an electric bike kit <laughs> to electrify one of the trikes. So that's phase one. And then that's, that's what I just started working on. Now I got the kit and I'm just starting to kind of film and figure out how I'm going to do that. And then there's like phase two and phase three. It's just, I, this, there's going to be toolboxes involved, solar panels. <laughs> so did you say, I heard you say off the grid. Yeah. Maker trike. Yes. Can you just do me one thing? I just want to see, you know, like on the horses, the cowboys, they have the sling, the, saddle the holsters. Mm-hmm. No, not saddlebags. The holsters for the long gun. Can yeah. you some kind of tool that you can have like both sides? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. As you're coming up on your trike, you whip those yeah. puppies out like John Wayne used to do. Oh you yeah, know, and, and shoot like them a with long both hands. Wrench. Yeah. yeah, you could be like adjusting nuts or something. Whatever it is. Oh yeah, all okay, the nuts. This is what we're doing. Uh, we're getting this horse back on the reins. Let's, uh, Bill. You're going to introduce the topic, and then we're going to hand it off to Rory. Ready, set, go. Well, the topic is unforgettable. It's uh, we already talked about it. Uh, what a was lot the topic already. again? Uh, unforgettable. I, I don't remember. No, it was something about not forgetting the topic, and right. then we would. Um, no, but seriously, what we're all we're talking about is is what are some of the skills that you have that like riding a bike you never forget. You know, and Roy, you grew up in your shop, so I doubt if you've forgotten anything. Like riding a trike, uh, like or like riding a trike. <laughs> nice. Or, or like that. me, who is the uh, hack of all trades, there's a lot of things that I've done a few times in my life, and when I come across them again, it's like, how did I do that without you know cutting off my hand? I mean, so it's, it's one of the things that we forget, and, and, and I'm going to start it off with, and I'll pass it over to Roy, but the first thing I always talk about, because you know me, is Mr. Safety. <laughs> I couldn't even say that. I couldn't even say it with a straight face. Never mind. But yeah. safety's probably one of those things you shouldn't forget. But anyway, so Roy, what kind of... Things can you think of, in, like if you had to go back and do something right now, let's say something your dad showed you, but you've only ever done it twice. Is there anything like that? With blacksmithing, and I'm, I'm going to assume probably with woodworking and a lot of the other crafts, you have the core basics of certain tasks at hand that everything rides off of. So, for example, if I'm going to forge an aspen branch, when I look at that, or a tree branch at a metal or something, it's, to me, it's a big taper. If that taper starts with quarter-inch stock or starts with one-inch stock, I treat the material the same. So in that sort of task, it is a unforgettable movement because the concept is the same of taking the, the tip down first and then forging the taper behind it. And then from there is the art side of making it a branch. Things hmm. that get a little bit different is when you start doing more functional things like hardware. So if I'm going to forge a hinge for a door, and then I'm taking a flat bar and I'm going to make a barrel on the end of that, that takes a little bit more of an eye as you're making that circle because you have a diameter to hit for the, the pin to go inside of the, the hinge there. So cases like that, I might need to stop, do a couple practice pieces before I jump onto the project to make sure I can execute them cleanly the first time for the project rather than making 10 of them and then trying to decide which four do I need. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That's actually a really great example. Yeah, that was, and it was interesting too, just because of the, the difference between that and woodworking about, you know, with, with starting at the tip. Like, I think if you were to, to be looking to make an aspen tree with wood, it would be more like, I mean, well, I guess if you had, you could have a big. Piece well, you have of wood to start in. with the seed, and then you have to dig a yeah, hole. Yeah, you have to grow it and water yeah. it. 
But then you would have to once you did all that and you chopped it down and dried for three years, you'd have to you'd have to set up a jig to cut you know multiple sides on it or put it on a lathe to spin it. But with metalworking, it's like a, it's just a completely different approach, oh, just totally. fundamental. Yeah. And that yeah. and and in, with the blacksmithing is we're manipulating the steel and squishing it and, and causing it to stretch and turn versus doing stock removal, where we are right. actually taking wood, material away. Which is what woodworking is most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you can't. So, so if you want to make a, I'm sorry, Bill. If you want to make a six foot long aspen branch, do you start with a four foot long rod and stretch it out, or do you start with a six foot long rod, stretch it out, and cut the excess off? I I would go the the other way that you mentioned, but instead of the excess on the tip, it's the excess on the back. Oh, okay, okay. Where the so, raw material's at. Yeah, so you have additional. You have ten feet behind you, and then you cut it to length when you're done. I got you. You need to okay. be able to hold it with the with your vice grips, right? And that's got, that's usually why you make it longer, so you have something to hold on to while you're forging. You can you can approach it that way, or you can just have a longer bar and just hang it on, hang on with your hands as well, because because really yeah, these are if the it's best long time. enough. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you screw it up, though, if, if for whatever reason you've screwed it up, you can you can forge weld more material on. Correct? Okay. Now that now we get into the time of running a business and what's going to be faster. I could start up the coal forge. I could get the two pieces together and get them right up to that 21, 2200 degree thing and put them on top of each other and hit it and hope it sticks. Or I could just go over to the MIG welder and, and get be done with it. Yeah. So that's an example of that trade off. Some clients are very particular to like, I don't want any welding. It needs to be forge welded. Okay. And you we can you charge that. them accordingly for that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I thought there was, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought there was uh, everything that I've heard is it's really difficult to, I guess it's not true, but to weld uh, iron, to weld cast iron. Cast is very particular, and it's, mm. there's a whole other set of rules there as far as um, forging it. It's like a big no-no. Welding it, yeah, you can you can weld it depending on the cast and also depending on the function. We've we've had some guys bring over their their big exhausts for their cars, and they're like, "This bolt, I just want this bolt stuck inside the cast." Well, we're not really like the fabricators, so whipping out the TIG and the the rod that you need, but we can get by with brazing it. And, and shoot down the middle of the steel and the cast alloy and using the brass to join them together. I was going to say, Phil, do you, when you say cast, do you, do, you, are, do you know specifically what you're asking? Well, I mean, like a part that would be, you know, kind of exactly what I just broke, right, is cast iron right. versus forged iron, right? So, But you're, you're, you're welding forged iron? Yeah, you can, you can forge weld iron out of the fire versus taking a like MIG welder or a TIG welder. Same the process. Ca- same cast, metal, cast metal is different. It's an alloy mix. mix is that correct? Yeah. 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 Right. And they can range greatly, just just like the mild steel and the tool steel. Yeah. Right down to like pot metal, like the Chineseium. That stuff, that it's, not even, it's, not even <laughs> ma- it's not even magnetic. It's like, I don't even know what's in there. It's just all zinc or something, right? Oh, it's and definitely like- not skookum. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, you're not laughing. You don't watch AVE? No. Okay. He's... Oh, my God. You got to watch AVE. <laughs> First of all, he's hilarious. Second yeah. of all, he's Canadian. Canadian. Oh, it's a he? Yeah, of course he's a he. What? Well, AVE, audio video, is the first thing that came to my mind. No, AVE. It's AVE. Arduino versus... Evil. Uh, oh, we've talked yeah. about him before. Yeah. I think yeah, he was he's one of annoying and he... potty mouth, and I, he just... Uh, I, 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 I bet he doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rory, he's uh, he does tool breakdowns, and he knows like oh. he's an insider in the industry. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, machinist. Yeah. 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 Actually, I have, and he, he's a bit rough around the edges when he's doing his. A little bit, like this like, super Canadian. Canadian hands. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I'd rather, what you're I'd rather about. watch yeah. Dirty Smith videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and also to talk about the unforgettable concept that you guys are talking about with the Dirty Smith tutorials, I was doing the the audience online that I was watching and people who were wanting to learn were forgetting about the basics. They were just jumping right to the the, the end product and not learning like. We got to get these steps down before we can get here, so that when you get there, it's it's good, it's clean, it's it's done well, and it's going to last instead of just slapping it together and it's a horrible mess and they don't know why. That's right. You you have classes. You teach classes at your shop as well, correct? Yeah, my dad and I we we also teach classes. Yeah, such a great point that you brought up because I think uh, you know the good and the bad of the proliferation of information that comes with YouTube is that there's so much easy access to it. So guys who like I don't know, bought a circular saw, think that they're going to be making mortise and tenon joinery or, you know, crazy advanced stuff like right off the gate and and skip some of the basics that back in the day you, you'd have to learn in order to get into the craft. And I think that is, I don't know, just a, something that just really jumped out at me. I feel like you got to, and we talked about this in the past, you got to pay your dues and you really got to learn the basics of any craft, you know, whether it's metalworking, smithing or woodworking or whatever it is. Is start with the basics. Figure out how it is to get a you know a, a square peg into a square hole, and then and then cap it off. And and so. you take specifically what Rory does. If you if you watch that from a layman's perspective, like someone like me who knows pretty much nothing about forging, it's like it's like oh he's got a piece of metal and a hammer and a hard iron surface. How hard could it be? Any of you know it's caveman stuff, right? But it's not. There's like so much more to it. No. But people watch it. But you make a you know Rory makes it look easy because he's good at it. And it's like I always tell my kids, it's like well you know like my son's like how did he do that? It's like I know how practice. It's the answer to everything. Is he did it with practice. You know, well, so um, that's that is that that sort of double edged sort of YouTube is one thing is really inspiring. It's like, oh wow, I can do that, and then there's the other part of it is like, like, oh crap, I can't do that. You know, there's that. Well, the, the, the devil's advocate in me wants to say also YouTube YouTube is an uh, amazing tool because you got these guys that are showing you how to make a little forge out of a coffee can and some mm. cement, yeah. and you you get interested in it. Now I'm going to look. Hey, this is really fun. I want to learn more about this. And they can go to somebody like a Rory May, and actually right, and they say, get okay, and they get frustrated when their coffee can they can't make what Rory's doing with their coffee can. But hopefully no, I'm going to keep it positive and say they don't get frustrated. They get interested. They start off with well, something that, simple. That's the idea. And it's like, hey, this is amazing. Now I sh I should go see how it's really done the right way. And not, and not to go back to our because I know Bill, you're on the same page with me. It's not it's not talent. It's desire. That's that's Absolutely. where the that's where the you know, when you, when like, I want to continue to do this and I want to get a bigger forge than my coffee can. And I want to, I want to hit the steel more with this hammer to get better at it. Like this guy, that's, that's where that real talent comes in. And that's where people like, you know, Roy and the, and the work that they're doing in the classes and the, and the videos really come in handy for, for finding that next generation to go like, you know, right. the ones, the ones that get it and, and jump in. That's where guys like Rory and I, you know, come in. <laughs> <laughs> totally. that's, that's, that's how we do, brother. Okay. Nuts. <laughs> so, so Tim, you've been at this a while. What are some of those muscle memory, you know, motions that you either remember without even remembering, like they just your hands move of their own accord? And what are some of those pitfalls of things that you know you're like, ah, oh, how did I forget this again? 
Well, I, I wrote down a list of things on the second side, the negative side, I guess, because I guess the positive side is maybe they don't realize it. And I, and I hope, like, every once in a while someone will comment on something I, I might do in a video or, or ask me a question. I'm like, oh, you do like this. Like, oh, wow. And, and, I, and I, it's something that I maybe found the hard way or I learned from someone else. But so I wrote down a couple things. Um, one is, is uh, you know, the measure twice, cut once, obviously. That's like the – I don't know how many times – I still will do that while I've got some idea and I'm rushing around and I go and I grab like, oh, I'm just, I'll just cut this to 12 inches and I, and I cut it and I, and it's like, why is it too short? Then I measure and it's 11 inches. It's because I was like on the wrong side of the, you know, whatever. I had a brain fart. So that's that measure. Like it still happens to me, you know, that I, I, I don't do that. That was one. The other one is where did I leave the dot, dot, dot question Oh my mark? God. Yes. <laughs> Right. If if you clean up after yourself, you know where everything is. If you don't, you'll never find it again until three months goes by and you don't care about it anymore. You've already bought another one, you know, which is which is how I have now. I have multiples of things. And so I leave them at various locations around well, the I shop. I have three so tape measures and one shop. I have like six of them and I don't know where most of them are. I know where two of them are right now. And oh, I, the yeah. other four, I don't know. Really I are. built hangers for them. So now they have homes. Yeah, well, that's a great that's a great way to do it is to have a home for it. And if you put it back in its home, then you know where to look. But yeah, I'm always it's not I'm, too good for its home. Yeah, I'm always moving stuff around though. I'm always like, this would be more efficient if I put it over here. And then like a month goes by and I go back to that task. I'm like, where did I put all this stuff for this? Can, you know? Okay, can, Phil, can can you say hanger again? Hanger. That's a little better this time. Good job. What did I say? I got super Canadian said, there for a second. Yeah, you said hanger. 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 Well, you're anger. making me hangry, yeah. so let's uh, <laughs> right. let him finish. Okay, um, here's one. Hammers. I don't know how many times I've been like, oh, well, a hammer will fix this problem, and it's made the problem worse. <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to figure that out. If it doesn't fit, don't bang it in with a damn hammer. <laughs> yeah. But, but seriously, there's a lot of things that that application does work. If Sometimes it, fit, it does, but I've yet to find that well. application. <laughs> but every, I just, I just had one. I just had one. Uh, the, I was talking about the bass guitar I made with the angle grinder. I, I went, I CNC'd out the pickup hole, um, you know, for the magnetic pickup that goes in there, and I, and I went, and then I, I used a water-based finish on it, so it swelled up a little bit. And I went, I put the, put the pickup in, and it was tight. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I can just mallet this in. I'm like, tap, 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 tap. And then tap, tap, crack. And it's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Broke the pickup. So now it's a $30 pickup. I had to, you know, chisel out of the damn thing. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, I'm like, why am I hitting this with a hammer right now? The whole time I'm like, why am I doing this? Tap, tap, tap. Why am I doing this? Tap, tap, tap. Why am I doing this? <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. It's, this you know, is definitely you, not going to work. You know it's wrong. You yeah. just know it's wrong, but you're still doing it. So that's that's my word of advice. If, if I have one thing to say for this whole one-hour-long episode is like, next time you pick up a hammer to just sort of persuade something in, stop and think. Do you really want to persuade this in there? <laughs> that's that's my biggest one right there is hammers, man. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, hammers, mallets, dead blows. What else can we call them? Persuaders. Oh, bangerators. Bangerators, sledgehammers, still a sledge. Four-pound hammers. All weights, all sizes. That's right. Rory, what's your favorite weight hammer? Um, Depends on the application that I'm using, but I typically range between a two-and-a-half to a four-pound. You you must have forearms like tree trunks. (laughs) I'm very self-conscious about my forearms. Seriously? (laughs) Let me take a quick look. Give me a quick little peekaboo there. He just said he's self-conscious. Why are you going to... 
Because no one's watching. So it's fine. Normal, it's just us. Normal size. When I was a, when I was a radio. when I was a kid, I was very concerned because my dad would take me to these blacksmithing conferences, and as a you know six year old, these grown men have big arms, and I called them right, Popeye right. arms, and got really mm. concerned I was going to get Popeye arms when I got older. And my dad laughs like, "Don't don't worry about that. You have nothing to worry about there." Yeah. So, mm. did you know that you were going to be like a blacksmith at that age? Is that something your father encouraged? No, it it, it sounds really tacky as hell, but it's it really kind of chose me. I actually have a degree in uh, media arts and animation. Wow. Mm. So I grew up blacksmithing in a small mountain town in Colorado, and about 20, I was like, I'm getting off this damn mountain. Went to college. That's where I met my wife, Amanda, and when I graduated, they were talking about the recession coming. It was kind of lingering around and then it hit and could not find a job at all i did get offered one job to animate kids educational videos in detroit for 20k a year and i went "Mm." (laughs) so i sat down with my dad and i was like your website sucks i can do your photography i can rebrand you while the lights are off economically right now we can rebrand and rebuild the business that's why when things come back on we're smelling pretty good, and that's that's pretty much what happened. It was a, it was a really good mood. The, the timing went well, and at the same time, I said, I, I want to learn more about what we're doing and how we're doing it, and it got even more aggressive based off of, and sorry, got even more aggressive using the, the foundation my father already established by the basics and what was going right. on. So going to a class and going out of state to somewhere else wasn't wasn't so such an intimidating move. It was just another step forward in learning more and more. Would you find that some of the stuff you're forgetting now maybe is more on the technology side, or do you stay up with that technology like SketchUp and yeah, whatever? I don't to me, like your animation stuff you study. I, I barely know how to put these things in my ears. Yeah, so. I haven't I haven't touched a 3D modeling yeah. program in 10 years and and talk to my dad about that as well like i can conceptually build the project if you want to show the client but we were concerned that it would be too perfect and that the client's looking for a handmade item that they might want a little bit of that roughness to it even though we worked to a 32nd of an inch he compared the render to like a hand sketch and we found that the hand sketches always got a little bit more respect with the clientele rather than showing yeah that makes sense blueprint of lines with measurements on it well, I mean, it's the audience, right? It's what they. It's all about managing expectations. Didn't we have an episode about managing expectations? We've had we an episode that? about everything. Yeah. But you I mean, rebrand them. If if you're if they're if they're the people that are hiring the guy, they're picturing the apron and the you know the, yeah, the, the exactly. hammer, and you show up with like a SketchUp PowerPoint presentation, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, this isn't my guy. And as you adjust your glasses, you're like, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, you're wearing ties. That just wouldn't work. I forged you a SketchUp model. Here it is. But at the same time, my father does most of the layouts, and he's using pencils and scaled rulers and drafting these by hand. So inside of the shop, we don't have a computer, and if I need to measure or reproduce or redraw or or pull something off of that sketch, I need to use the same tools my dad is using. That way we we talk the same language, but there's no barrier there as well. Interesting. Mm What about you, Bill? What are those uh, What are those muscle memory things that you hang on, apart from safety, which you mentioned, that you hang on to and the ones that you just can't grasp onto? You know, I, it's going to sound funny, but I have to say that, honestly, my muscle memory thing, and I think this should be true for everybody, is safety. Uh, I think everybody's own responsibility for safety is just that. I can walk into Rory's shop 
And I know that I could be safe there because I, I get it. I've been around enough things in my career that I know I don't want to step there. I can see how they're moving. I'm not going to be in their way. That looks glowing red hot. Obviously, don't want to lick test it. I mean, there's... What are you no, lick testing? Your tongue, your tongue is wet. That's better. It'll keep it cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't I mean, use seriously, your I, always I, use your tongue. Any, anything when it comes to machinery, I mean, <laughs> I can I can hear a vibration on a machine and know I'm not going to go anywhere near it because I've just I've been around so much tools my entire life. If that makes any sense, you would never get in the passenger seat of my truck. I would. I would just know what to expect. That's that's all. It's not that I wouldn't do it. That's why I say you're you're your own safety person. I I take risks all the time, but I mm. I can gauge what the damage is likely to be if something goes wrong, and then I make that decision based upon my experience. Yeah. Okay. So so those are the negatives. What are the positives? What are those things that you that was the positive? Are, what are you oh yeah. About? Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> Sounded negative. What are the What are the negatives? What are the things like Tim mentioned that for you? Well, for me personally, and I, I've said this before too. Um, I know a little bit about so many things. I don't really know a lot about any one or a few things. So I guess that's the drawback to it is like, you know, every time I pick up a welder, I, I, that's why I tell people, they say, oh, you're a welder? No, I can melt metal and sometimes it sticks together and won't break. Mm. But I'm not and a welder. I, and I can and grind it and then it looks good. <laughs> and I can grind the hell out of it. Yeah. I mean, and then sometimes you screw that up too. So it's just, you know, not having like a dedicated set of skills that I can say, I am really super good at this, you know? Right. That, that's probably the, the forgettable things. I, I, for that plant stand that I just did, that was a very, very simple project, but it was like, it took me a while when I was figuring out, okay, I got screw this down. How am I going to ground it? And it seems like it was a, a that bold easy enough solution, but it took mm -hmm. me, it took me about 20 minutes of staring at this. I've got it screwed to the thing. How am I going to ground it? How about you just put the ground clamp on the screw that's holding the disc down? Oh, okay. It was perfect. Because yeah. it's moving, you know, the ground clan anyway. So it was clever, yeah. Yeah. That's what was, that's what my mom used to call me is her little clever. Yeah, you may have misheard her. Um oh. okay, so I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, one of the ones that jumps out at me is whenever I'm putting a new socket onto like a an extension cord or whatever, I always forget to put the shrink shrink wrap on for you know, the with the heat shrink. The heat shrink? Yeah, the heat shrink, I always like, and then I join everything together and I look at it and I go, hmm, this would be a lot cleaner with the heat shrink I just cut two seconds ago. Remember, God damn we, it. Were t we were talking about earlier hammer and duct tape. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hammer and duct tape. <laughs> that's that's one of the ones that I find super annoying. Um, I, I am super safety conscious. Like, no matter what I do in the shop, I basically am walking around with safety glasses even if I'm making notes. I find myself wondering why my vision is so blurry and faded and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm still wearing my safety glasses. And I've gotten really good with the hearing protection because that didn't start for me, like, right away. That one mm. I got maybe six months ago, but I find I'm obsessive about it. Especially now because I've got my whole dust collection system going. I, I got that air cleaner. And, and two weeks ago I bought, a, I bought a dust collector. Mm. So... It gets loud as hell in there now, and then with the table saw going at the same time, so uh, so I'm good with the hearing protection. Those are the two things, and then the push sticks. So I go back and forth between the push stick and the flat pad, you know, the yellow one, whose name I will not mention because actually, my gripper. They sent me a bunch of them anyway, so I'll, I'll say it. But I, I use the yeah, they sent them for free. You have to say it. Yeah, I have to say it. So no, I use no. I use the gripper when something's like a larger panel, not even that large. Let's say something's like 12 inches wide. I'll use the gripper. If something's a more narrow strip. I'll use that John High style push stick, but so those are the things, and 
I, I hate to repeat what Bill said, but it's true. And I think it's a super important point that these things become muscle memory, that before you make a cut, your hand automatically reaches for a push stick that you double check to make sure that your, you know, your, uh, your safety glasses are on. I wouldn't say automatically so much as to where you decide in a split second, do I really want to reach all the way over there for the push stick? I'm just saying. It's just me. I don't know. Well, I don't know. For the sake of the seven ten. or eight people who are listening. All ten. Okay, I got yeah, more fingers it. than we have listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had written on my list on the same sort of vein, uh, slow the F down. Was I wrote because sometimes we, we always have that where like, oh, I just want to get this done. I want to do this. Or like, oh, it's this boring part. And it, there's that. Um, I always, I, I it's almost like church for me when I put the, hit the start switch on the table saw, you know, because I did get bit by the table saw once and I don't want to ever do that again. I'm knocking on wood right now, you know? So, uh, that's like, that's like when I go to church, it's like, all right, <sighs> turn it on. Everything's where I need it. I have my, my push sticks. I have everything set up. I'm not doing anything stupid, you know? And, and, and still even that, you know, you're in a production shop and you're working for a living and it's, uh, every once in a while you'll be pushing something through and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm like, I'm going too fast. Like I need to slow down. And it's not just for safety, but it's also for the, the quality of the piece. Sure. I, I find myself on the bandsaw all the time. I'm cutting something on the bandsaw. It'd be like a template or something or something like it'll be thin wood. So it goes through quick. So I start moving faster and faster and I'm not worried about safety. I'm just like, I'm going to get off the line. I'm going to mess this up. Like, why am I going so fast? Slow the F down. You know, yeah. that's why, that's why we do this for a living because we enjoy the process. Like that's why well, we're part, here. Part of it, Tim too, is you're, you're taller than we are and the air's a little thinner up there. That's that is, that's, well, that's most of it actually. Yeah. yeah. Cause it I'm is. an inch and a half taller than you. <laughs> also, well, we're both about a foot and a half taller than Phil. So yeah. 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 Thin air. Uh, also, <laughs> feed rate affects cut quality. So that's yes. another good reason to slow down. Yep. It absolutely does. You know, and it's like, I, I find myself pushing stuff through saws too fast still. I'm just like, why is it going this fast? And, you know, going to get burn marks. You have to sand out. It's more work for yourself. You know what he's doing right now? You know what he's doing? He's bragging what? about his Jimmy DeResta table saw. Why do you even have that name on there? You're not Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> no, I was actually I was picturing in my head my uh, my bandsaw, which has a little Jimmy DeResta magnet right next to the blade, right on the guard. You know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nailed do it. you even lift, bro? No. Come at me. So okay, Rory, I want to get <laughs> it's you back hot into down this. Here. Get the AC off, you know. And no fan. Because you were coming. I've, I've been subscribed to you for a while, by the way, Rory. Oh, thank um, you. But Apple because polisher. you were coming on the podcast, I watched a couple of videos just to pretend like I knew, you know, sure. all the latest and greatest. Yeah, I should and you, that too. you're using the power hammer. You're talking about doing bronze, I think it was. Yeah. And one of the things you were talking about was the speed. And, and if you with working with a, an alloy like that, if you go too fast, you got the power hammer going on, it can end up getting brittle and breaking. So in what other aspects of forging do you find yourself getting sloppy and going too fast? When it's the non-ferrous material, you you almost have to develop that sixth sense, like what Tim was talking about. When you're going too fast, like uh, things are going to get off on on it, get offline. The accuracy is going to get out. With with forging stuff, it's a it's it's the experience of using the material and going, all right, this, the material's too hot. I need to let it sit on the anvil and mm. cool down before I can forge it, or I'm not like I have to forge grip rail out of inch and a half round bar. There's a certain amount of paying attention of when that that hammer comes down and smashes that. That if you move it too fast, you'll get this reaction that's very waspy, 
where it, it, the, the edges move faster than the rest of it because every time you hit it, it moved out and then you moved the material and punched it out. So again, a lot of it's just that paying attention to the material while you're forging it and how is it reacting. And some, some people have their tools set up too fast. You, sit, you might see like these smaller power hammers that are just, they're like sewing machines, you yeah. know? And I'm not talking about like the body work, the auto body guys who have those planishing ones. And that that's a whole other game there. It's an 18 right? gauge steel, so it's like a different thing too. Totally, you know? totally. Where they're actually stretching yeah. and causing it to to move in the, in the concave, con- yeah. Yeah, concave mm-hmm. and convex shapes like that way. But some of these tools are ramped up so high that you can't think that fast, and you can't adjust yourself in between each each strike as it hits the metal like that. Hmm. Did I answer your question? I think I answered it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that, that goes along the lines of things that are muscle memory, I would yeah. think. These are skills that you've learned and you've honed. Um, is it okay if I volunteer you now for whenever Jimmy needs you to fly over and help him with his power hammer that he's uh, starting to restore? I would I would love to. Okay. I'll call. I'll let him know. strangest thing ever. Okay. I'll, I'll let him yeah. know. What are you, a favor <laughs> broker? I know. I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna loan you out to Jimmy for two uh, percent a day. <laughs> you see me on the phone tomorrow. Hey Jimmy, so how much you give me if I can get Rory May over to your house helping exactly. you out with that hammer? Huh? The wicked piss yeah, I want four uh, <laughs> percent <laughs> on the Vig. Yeah, <laughs> Goodfellas, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. I've uh, seen that. I just don't have the memory to, to quote like you do. Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. That's the very well, first line, part. isn't it? I can tell you that it's, right now. You look the part. It's the opening line to the movie. Yeah. Um, okay. So, on that note, I think we have made this certainly one unforgettable episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we did that on purpose, but anyway. You no, know, I, feel like, I feel like we were just scratching the surface on our topic, too, but once again, we did our thing where we, you know. You know, made it interesting, yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. Nailed it. I just wanted to make a quick point, and, and someone made this in one of the, uh, it was either a comment that they left me, or they put it in one of the iTunes reviews, but this morning, for whatever reason, I just, uh, I was on our SoundCloud page, and I and I clicked play on one of our earliest episodes, it must have been actually the first episode, and I was listening to it, and it sounds okay, it doesn't sound great, and the three of us are don't have the same rapport, because it's 85 episodes ago. And I just think it's it's been such an amazing journey uh, getting to know you guys and to build this relationship that we have. And I just find the podcast sounds so good. Just the – even Rory was saying it earlier, you know. Not even Rory, but you know what I mean. Rory was saying it earlier that – Yeah, just, even someone just, like him, you know. Yeah, it, just, it just flows. <laughs> dirty blacksmith guy even likes it. Gosh. <laughs> well, all you Smiths look alike. But uh, – <laughs> But I, I just wanted to say I appreciate you guys, and I think that uh, what we're doing is uh, is a lot of fun. And uh, and even for me to have noticed the difference, I think our listeners are hearing it too. Well, I appreciate that because you're kind of a hard one to please. That's, yeah, that's true. I could take it or leave it personally, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I feel a song coming look at, on. Look at you shill in that Rockler shirt. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, Rory, I'm Shows retiring in a few years, out. and I'm moving to Galena, Illinois, and I just found out in a trip that I had there recently that they have a um, original to the town from the uh, mid to late 1800s blacksmith shop oh. that is still running. 
it's only ever been a blacksmith shop. It's still running and they do, you know, people can walk through now. It's also, you know, you can buy, my wife thought it was cute. She bought a twisted railroad spike bottle opener for me without me seeing it. So right on. I'm thinking I could make that. Yeah. yeah. Piece of cake. Yeah. Propane torch. Propane torches. <laughs> four propane torches. If I hold my arms like this, <laughs> no, map. we said we said map is is fat, is uh, hotter, right? Not gas, yeah. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, I want. Wow, I want build it Phil, you're though. paying attention. Listen, Rory and I are not joking around about this metal thing. It's okay, the Pitsky so. Smith. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the dirtier Smith. Yeah, dirtiest Smith. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what? Uh, I'm not sure I heard that. Anyways, it was great. Let's, That's really good. You I'll listen, listen to just, it in post. Listen to it at yeah. the end, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what are we watching, Bill? What? Do you, let's go first. What are you watching? Real quick, I'll say I found out if uh, you got the Zennials in the po- in in this podcast might not know who Daryl Hall is, but you know, if you remember Hall, Hall and Oates. That's right, baby. Anyway, I discovered that uh, in the early 2000s, Daryl Hall did um, live from Daryl's house. He has a sound studio in his house. He'd have all these big stars come in, and I just discovered this. So I'm watching all these YouTube videos at live from Daryl's house. And the, oh, they're great. The, the link I left is uh, ZZ Top, Billy Gibbons. Uh, they did a live version of LaGrange, which it was just – and now that I'm, you know, uh, I'm a guitar smith now, I'm getting into this kind of stuff, so – well, that's who I recommend. If you if you Google live from Daryl's house or, or search for it on YouTube, you'll find artists uh, Aaron Neville, Kenny Loggins, Cheap Trick, Joe Walsh, all these amazing big names that were back in my day, and that's what I've been found myself watching. Everyone besides you knows about live from Daryl's house. I think. Well, I did this technology. He thing. actually He's opened up a computer. bar. And he's he's not too far from me, and he opened up a bar about an hour away or so. It's uh, he actually has. I like, thought Darryl's he lived out by me. Now. It's called Man Eaters. <laughs> well, here she comes. <laughs> here she whoa whoa. <laughs> um, no, he's yeah he's on the well. I don't know. Maybe Daryl's house is out there, but he has roots in in uh, this. You're part a rich of the girl, aren't you, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Can we say what else he is? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rory, did we uh, did I put you on the spot too early? Have you, do you have one that you're uh, that you're watching? I have one, but it might have been already mentioned. That's, That's okay. Oh, WilliamLutz.com? Yeah, we, no, go we ahead. do you that all the time. That. Yeah, mm. I I am a big fan of Trustin Timber and his oh. cinematography and the quality that he really puts into not only the work he does but how he presents it. It's just it's just. Uh, it's just eye candy. I was going to start swearing. I'm so excited about what he does, but it's it's really really well done. Mm. And a lot of respect for how much he he puts behind it. Especially when you you are making videos and you're trying to hit that quality, and then you you see trust in stuff, and you're like, holy, fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah he knows well, what he's doing. We got yeah. to meet him. He's uh, he's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I met yeah, him in Boston. To meet him too. Yeah, he's Rory a met him too in Boston. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rory's there too. Well, he. Well, <laughs> When we spoke to him, he said that he's a filmmaker first, right yeah, and a maker second, and and I think that really comes through. Yeah, he well, he he was a photographer. That's and, and he worked in that uh, visual arts field. He's also a mentalist, M- magician. No, no, he doesn't want to be called a magician. He's a mentalist. Is that is that the politically yeah. correct term for magician now? Well, <laughs> well this, this is what I can say. Most people of his age range, I found, I am officially old now because most people in his age, if I'm standing in the store at the checkout line and there's somebody behind me that's his age and there's two or three of them and they talk, 
I asked them to not do that because <laughs> they really don't have anything to say that's worth hearing. But in Trustin's case, absolutely do I have faith for our future now because of young men like him, uh, young people like him that really do, they have a craft to share. Hey, old man, they, stop talking. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Get off my lawn. He's, he's, <laughs> a, he's amazing. We love Trustin. That's yeah, absolutely, yeah. He's you guys can't man. handle that? Where's my Geritol? I'm going to kick some ass. I actually, <laughs> I had a, a book yeah. to recommend, if that's okay. Yes. It's Books. Called, well, All right. It's okay for two of us. By, by hand <laughs> and eye. What and is that? This is a, uh, a book that this guy goes over everything from designing, some little bit of art history. There's even some like projects in the back for people to follow in Duel, but he does a really good... Uh, explanation of not only how to build, but talks about proportions in that too. And Say the name again, please. It's by called, Hand and Eye. By Hand and Eye by George Walker and Jim Tolpin. Okay. It's really, really wow. good Excellent. read. We can see the book a little bit. He's holding it up and it looks interesting. Yeah. Tim, what are you watching? I, is, is Wired one of those like, like clickbaity type of sites or is that a legit? No, it's legit. It's legit. Okay, I wasn't sure because I'm not legit. I guess, <laughs> but you're illegit. Uh, I, I too legit to quit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my ear hole. <laughs> you should sand it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We're never gonna finish this. <laughs> I I caught it because I've been I've been looking at I was talking about the beginning of this podcast, which is like four years ago, about about my my electric trike. <laughs> so I've been I've been watching stuff about alternative energy and alternative motion and stuff. And there's this just the the, the link that's at, if you go to our webpage and whatnot, the link is um this video about this 89 year old man in perpetual per, it doesn't exist perpetual motion does not exist i got a whole book told. about it exactly <laughs> yeah. that's the ending of the book <laughs> yeah it doesn't exist period that's Spoilers. i can write that book at one page yeah. i've tried <laughs> but um but so th- th- this is a, a, a an engineer he's a retired engineer he lives out in california and he made this um this small scale train that runs around his property and it runs on a, a on mag magnets and uh compressed air basically and uh it was an idea that someone had in the 1800s and obviously there's you know like these high-speed magnetic trains that are out nowadays and in other countries and whatnot um but so he built this small scale thing it's built it's basically about creating a vacuum and you know on one side and then which increases the air pressure on the other side and then there's magnets that are moving and so you can you know obviously you can run the the pumps on electricity so it could be you know, run off various uh, means of getting energy. But what you know, what this this eighty nine year old engineer said in his thing was, he's like, well, you know, if you look at our train system nowadays, everybody's stuck on the standard train model. He's like, everybody's still stuck on the standard train model. They're always making it to fit the tracks that are there, and you're never going to go anywhere if you if you continue to focus on the the existing structure. And that was like this this kind of thing that I was thinking. It was like here, you know, we're as we're forging this new world of transportation. We talk about like cars. It's like we're we're, we're taking cars and we're making them electric, but but we're still making them to fit the same roads and to be the same size and to we're, we always get so stuck into these pre existing conditions. And uh, and so guys like him that are thinking outside of yeah, that are really that inspiring. Paradigm, yeah. Exactly. You know. So you know in. 
with with you, you know, you're doing these things that have been done for hundreds or thousands of years. But if you if you don't get stuck, like the the tradition is fine of the making, but don't get stuck in the past. Like the railing doesn't have to look the same, and and you're a prime example of that. You're doing these very modern Hobbit things with LEDs and this and that. Don't get stuck in the past exactly. with with things. You know, continue to think and move forward. And so that was yeah, I just thought it was yeah, Bill. So <laughs> yeah, because the Hobbit was written in the 1940s, but hey, no, that's the future. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he meant new ways of doing things. Mm. Well, yeah. I get, uh, I see, get criticized. That's what Bill got out of it. I get criticized for exactly that, that I'm not doing things traditionally. And it's like, do it, do it. power hammers well, have been around. You're going to get it from both ways. So. You know, a few hundred years. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to use that grinder. I'm going to use these tools, of course. We gotta get it yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, I mean, I, I, I understand, like, you, you shouldn't forget the past. Totally. You know, but, but Never you forget. shouldn't live in it. <laughs> like that just doesn't make sense. That's back there. Like, you speaking know. of living in the past, I got a real quick couple shout outs. Um, our yes. buddy Damo, Damian Burke, is actually Damo. in California, Tim. You know is what I'm talking about? You? Yeah, I know. No, Damo. but yeah. he's in California. He's a vegan. Um, yeah, I still like him. I think Damo's okay. back in Australia now. Mm, I don't think so. Well, if he is, then I missed him. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, real quick, my buddy Mark Spagnola, did you see my best friend? Did you see his uh, latest he's not your video? Best friend. Where he, he he was talking about how to make uh, he's you know hey a lot of guys know how to make mortises is really funny and he says so I've come up with a nomenclature or what do you, whatever we call it like you know like you know mad moms against drunk drivers or whatever so he had one but it was like it made no sense whatsoever and I thought it was funny it was like do more wood projects so all you have to say is do more wood <laughs> nailed it yeah. I saw that anyway that was fun uh, and then Ben Weta real quick our buddy from Homemade Modern uh, he's doing a quick Crete concrete challenge second time around uh, check it out um, I might actually do this one because I'm afraid of metal now because you feel you're like the new guy on the scene tearing and, it up uh, you know Tim with the woodworking I don't know so, but I don't want to so you're going to um, step into the take concrete up even world. more time we're like an hour and 20 minutes already so you guys yeah I'm not really sure quiet. why you burn that up with videos alright well let's go let's, let's, let's wrap it up what, uh, what, what am I watching us? okay I'm oh, watching. Uh, that's right. Phil. I'm uh, I'm getting back to basics here, and the whole reason that we have these these shoutouts and these highlights every week is to highlight the little guy. And there is a channel called that... DIY Montreal. The guy has like uh, four what subscribers. I think I'm one of them, and he's got about four videos, and uh, they are beginner videos, but they're really great, and I love the spirit in which they're made. So I'd love to get this guy some more exposure. I've never met him, but he's in Montreal, so I don't know. You should go uh, meet him. You're not busy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's something. Um, yeah, so definitely check that out and uh, and let me know what you think. And let me see here. Let's move on to the next thing. We did right there. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. My name is Phil Pinsky. Check me out there. MakerTechReviews.com. If you have any reviews that you'd like to do, i love to sort of get this going again. So reach out to me. Someone just recently said that they want to do it. One, an email that we just got, right? So yes. Just mention that. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, I'll get circle back on that. WilliamLutz.com for literally everything there is to ever know about WilliamLutz.com. Uh, William Lutz himself. I said the address when I should have just said his name, right? Um, thank you to Justin Sparks, TimSway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne. Most things, Tim Sway, not all things. Yeah. Contact us for show topics, but, suggestions, but, 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 winners. But, 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 I'm gonna do the wrong thing afterwards. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. What? I'm sorry. I got I got a little little cut out. I did hey, it too hey, quickly. Hey, Rory. Hey, Rory, where, where can we find you Feed on the internet? Well, if you want to see my <laughs> professional full-time job, DragonForgeLTD.com. That's where all the good okay. stuff is at. 
If uh, you're interested in some swag and seeing the videos that I do, a little bit of blogs, it's DirtySmith.com. And all the social media, just type Dirty Smith and you'll, you'll find me. Do you know, did you know I have two bearded dragons? I was, was admiring your uh, website and the header there, yeah. Yeah, I designed that myself. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Phil. Sorry. Contact us for show topic suggestions, <laughs> feedback on what a great job we do with guests. Uh, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. Um, you can also hit us up on any of our own personal social medias. We, we share them with each other, so that works too. Um, well, except uh, Bill, but yeah, we don't share well, it with Bill. not really into sharing. Um, iTunes, leave us those reviews. We really, really need them. We love them. We got to have them, and they are terrific. Um, and on Patreon, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, the best way to help keep us on the air and keep paying these these expensive guests. You know, mm. uh, Rory has things to do. Places to be, people to see. And, and dandruff, apparently. Yeah. Oh, I, I, so I, never mind. No, it's a, it's that's. Industry thing for my wife. She owns a salon. Um, the Blacksmith dandruff shrug. is what I call it. Uh, yeah. Man glitter. Man glitter. Carbon ash. Um, Those ash and, uh, and that's, 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 <laughs> that's what I got with ash. that. <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. Okay. Kiss my aspen. Tree I Aspen forged out of iron. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Good attempt. All right, guys. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Thank you, and be good. Thank you, guys.